Hi, everybody. Big E here. This is episode 52 of Law for Virginia Law Enforcement Officers. What do you need to know as a law enforcement officer in Virginia? State, local, um, everything, police officers, sheriffs, fire marshals. What do you need to know to better strengthen and serve your communities? And certainly the law is changing a lot. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about marijuana. And I'm going to focus again on the marijuana statute, even though we've already covered it, because there's some frequently asked questions, some questions that I get from a lot of people, a lot of different officers. Uh, we did an episode a while back where we talked about what the new marijuana statute said, but I want to take today and kind of go through some interesting questions that I've received and some frequent questions that I've received from officers. Uh, and we're going to talk about a couple of different questions. Um, one of the questions that I got when I recently taught a bunch of different officers was, uh, you know, what happens if you possess a large amount of marijuana, but you possess it at home? Uh, we're going to talk about adult sharing too. How often can you adult share? What is the, what are the limits of the adult sharing statute? I also want to talk about the home cultivation statute and what happens if you violate some of the regulations in there. And, and in general, sort of dealing with that issue of where you have somebody who claims to be uh, possessing for personal use, but clearly there's an intent to distribute. What's, what, how do you deal with those cases? And then I also want to talk a lot about traffic stops. What do you do after July 1 when you encounter a vehicle and you have an odor of marijuana, right? That's a challenging question. It's especially a challenging question after July 1. And I want to talk about some different things to think about. I don't think there's one clear answer, but some different things to think about when you uh, encounter one of those situations. And then looking forward, I also kind of want to have you start thinking about the sealing and expungement sections. Now, those don't go into effect for many years, probably not until 2025, but I want to kind of just get your mind thinking about some of those issues as well. Uh, thank you guys so much, by the way, for the feedback, for reaching out, for asking questions. It's, uh, you know, if you guys don't ask questions, then it doesn't make me go back and rethink the stuff that I've talked about. And it doesn't make me go back and, and look at material again. Uh, it's because you guys ask questions and tough questions that it helps me learn this stuff better. So I'm thankful to you and I appreciate it. Anyway, let's dive right in. And I want to talk about the possession limits in Virginia after July 1. So, the most important place to start is to remember that Virginia has eliminated the punishment for possession of marijuana after July 1. There isn't an offense anymore in Virginia for possession of marijuana. It just isn't. It's just gone. And that's really important because what that means is that if you are going to prosecute somebody for some kind of unlawful possession, then you have to be able to point to here is the statute that says that what you did is a crime. And really with regards to possession, the only statutes that we have uh, that really say that it's a crime, right, uh, to, to possess it under certain circumstances, uh, is going to be, after July 1, 4.11100. Now, there's also code sections, and I'll talk about this later, uh, that say if you're under 21, possessing marijuana is a crime. Or, you know, if you're on school grounds, uh, it's a crime to possess marijuana. If you are driving in a car, you that's, well, I guess that's smoking, so we're going to put that one aside. But, you know, possessing marijuana in certain circumstances is a crime. But for the most part, uh, what we're going to have is this 4.11100 code section. And what that says is, except as otherwise provided in the subtitle, notwithstanding in their provision of law, a person 21 years of age or older 
can lawfully possess on their person or in any public place not more than one ounce of marijuana or an equivalent amount of marijuana product as determined by regulation promulgated by the board. And then it further says that any person, any person who possesses on his person or in any public place marijuana or marijuana products in excess of that amount is subject to a civil penalty of more than $25. And then if they have more than a pound, then it's they're guilty of a felony punishable by not less than one year and not more than 10 years and a fine of $250,000, okay? So that's what we get instead of the offense of possession of marijuana. Now, the thing to note about that, right, is the elements of the offense, right? Any lawyer looks at this offenses and breaks it down and says, what's the element of the offense? To be guilty of either the civil offense or the felony, you have to possess the marijuana on your person. Or you have to possess them in a public place. And remember that the term public place means something different under the uh, under the new law than it does for like drunken public, right? Uh, so remember public place in under, you know, our current understanding of like, you know, drunken public can be your front yard. But public place under the new law is a place to which the public has access or permitted access. And that includes highways, streets, sidewalks, restaurants, um, hotel corridors, but not the hotel room, hotel lobby, that kind of stuff, right? That's a public place. So if I'm not possessing the, the important thing to note here though is if I'm not possessing the marijuana on my person and I'm not possessing the marijuana in a public place, then there's no crime there that I'm really violating by having dominion and control of the marijuana, right? Because possession in general means I have dominion and control. I can be in possession of a firearm by having it underneath my, uh, by having it in my drawer of my desk, right? As long as I have ready access and control of that firearm, I'm in possession of that firearm. But if that's my desk at home, I'm in possession of that firearm in my house. That's not possession on my person. And it's not possession in a public place. So that's not the kind of possession that we're punishing anymore. And that's why uh, we've, we've said that really there's no limit on the amount of marijuana that you can possess in your home as long as it's not being cultivated, as long as it's not a plant. So if I have, you know, bales and bales of marijuana, in my home, there's just no limit to the amount of marijuana that I can have in my home. I could have 40 pounds, I could have 50 pounds of marijuana at my home, and there's simply no limit on that under the new law that goes into effect in July 1. Now, you might say, well, fine, but that's really academic. Who cares? Because no one's going to store 40 or 50 pounds of marijuana at their home. Uh, marijuana goes bad so fast that it would be pointless to store that much marijuana. And you're absolutely right about that. But where the challenge comes in is that I can take marijuana and turn it into marijuana product, right? And so again, there'd be no limit on the amount of marijuana product I could have at my house. So if I have marijuana oil or marijuana edibles or marijuana in some other form that doesn't go bad over time, right? I could store, you know, essentially an unlimited amount of marijuana at my house. Uh, at my residence, or really in any private place, in a hotel room, right? Uh, because a hotel room is not a public place. Uh, and and it wouldn't be an offense under this, under the Virginia Code after July 1. 
it becomes an offense when I carry it on my person. So if I have more than an ounce of marijuana on my person, that's where I have trouble. And, you know, in theory, that does create a challenge, right? Because if I have, let's say, 40 or 50 pounds of marijuana at home, if I want to pick up any of that marijuana, I have to move it at amounts of uh, up to one ounce, because after an ounce, it's a, it's a civil penalty of $25. If it's after a pound, if I move it in pound quantities, I have it on my person. Even though I'm in a private house, I can't have it on my person. So if I'm carrying more than a pound on my person, I'm guilty of a felony. Now, of course, you won't you know, be able to detect that, but, uh, but that would be a felony offense for me to be on my person holding this pound of marijuana. And that leads us into the second issue, right, which is the adult sharing section. Because there's no limitation on the amount of times that I can adult share with somebody uh, at all. There's a limitation on the amount that I can, I can, I can share, I, I can adult share, right, with somebody else. Adult sharing says that I can give somebody else uh, as long as there's no money changing hands, there's no remuneration, there's no financial code, there's no financial uh, transaction involved, I can transfer marijuana up to an ounce to somebody else who's over 21, and that's not an offense in Virginia. And that's an important exemption from 18.2248.1, because after July 1, it will continue to be a crime to, to sell, give, or distribute marijuana in Virginia. Uh, it will continue to be a crime to possess with the intent, sell, give, or distribute marijuana in Virginia after July 1. And that code section that we've all used for decades, 18.2240.1, to, to, uh, to punish that behavior will continue to be a crime until January 1 of 2024. So if somebody comes to my house and I have 40 or 50 pounds of marijuana at my house and they would like to have some of this uh, giant amount of marijuana, I'm free to give them up to an ounce uh, and, and that's not an offense, as long as there's no money changing hands or no financial transactions. So here the person says, hey, can I have some of this marijuana? Sure, here you go, sir. Here's less, here's up to an ounce. Here's, you know, 0.999 ounces. And that's perfectly legal. Now the person says, well, now I'd like to have some more 10 minutes later. Could I do that again? Sure, absolutely. I could give them another 0.999 ounces and be perfectly fine. Um, it, it just has to not exceed an ounce. And this could go on ad infinitum. I could continue to share this amount. There's no limitation in this section that says, and you can you can only do it once a day or once an hour or whatever. The limitation really comes in, and that fact that when I'm giving somebody the marijuana, they're gonna have to figure out what to do with it, right? I've got 40 or 50 pounds in my house and I'm fine, but unless they live with me, they're gonna have to figure out how to get the marijuana I've given them back to their house or consume it right there on the spot, right? Uh, if, if they're holding it on their person, they're going to quickly exceed that one ounce level. If they're transporting it in a vehicle, again, they're going to be having to go on a public place like a highway and again, quickly exceed that one ounce level. I think that's the only limitation that exists on adult sharing. Other than that, there's no limitation. Now, I keep talking about this ounce and this pound limitation. But the thing to remember that's that's going to be really challenging going forward into this ounce and pound limitation is it says up to an ounce or up to a pound or an equivalent amount of marijuana product. Now, a really good question, and a lot of people have asked this, is what does that mean, an equivalent amount of marijuana product, right? I, I mean, I know what you, it's pretty easy to know what a pound of marijuana looks like or an ounce of marijuana looks like. 
what's an equivalent amount of marijuana oil? What's an equivalent amount of marijuana chocolate or edibles or brownies or whatever? And the answer is we don't know. We're supposed to have, the Cannabis Control Authority is supposed to issue regulations that say what an equivalent amount is. But the Cannabis Control Authority doesn't exist. It is only just now starting to hire directors and senior staff. They're a long way from issuing regulations. And so we're going to have to operate for a long time with no idea and no way to say what an equivalent amount of marijuana product is in the Commonwealth of Virginia with respect to chocolate or oil or whatever. And keep in mind, by the way, even if we did find marijuana chocolate or marijuana oil or whatever, um, you know, there's a great deal of difficulty in testing it and getting a certificate back from Department of Forensic Science, especially regarding edibles. Uh, oil, maybe not as much, but um, this is going to be a big challenge, right? If you encounter this, what are you supposed to supposed to do with it? And um, is it even enforceable with respect to something that's not actual plant material? seeds, you know, leaf, whatever. Uh, what do you do with these other substances? And there's no, and I don't think there's a clear answer in the law about how to deal with that. So uh, that's kind of a, a discussion of some of the issues that we have regarding possession and regarding, uh, regarding adult sharing. It then kind of takes us into this uh, home cultivation code section. And I want to talk about this a little bit now as well. With the home cultivation section, a lot of questions have come up about um, well, first, when I'm, you know, there's a limitation that says I can only grow four plants total in my residence. No matter how many people live in my residence, I can only grow four, four plants total. Uh, I got a good question from uh, somebody at one of our big trainings, which was, could I, maybe could a farmer say, divide up his plot and say, okay, I'm going to rent out these plots to different people and everybody can have uh, a little plot where they can grow four plants so that they would have a, you know, a field with a bunch of different plants? And the answer is no. And the reason is the code says you can only grow marijuana plants at your primary place of residence. So you couldn't, for example, take advantage of a community garden and grow marijuana there. It's not lawful to do that. One of the other reasons, though, it's not possible to do that is that it has to be hidden from public view it has to be not accessible to somebody under 21, and it has to be properly labeled, right? So if I'm growing four plants in my house, I have to label that it's for my personal use. Uh, I have to put my name and driver's license number or personal identification number on it, uh, and I have to label that plant. But a really good question from people has been, well, what happens if I don't follow that labeling or I, I don't have it labeled, or what happens if I don't store it properly? What if it is visible from the public, or what if it is accessible to somebody under 21? And again, the answer is, I don't know, because it's not clear from the code section that there's any punishment for simply violating those regulations. Uh, there's no civil penalty, there's no criminal penalty listed in the code for failing to store marijuana properly or grow the cultivated marijuana properly uh, that I'm cultivating in my home. It's very clear in the code section that with respect to the number of plants, what the punishment is, right? So if I have five plants or up to 10 plants, it's a civil penalty of $25. 
uh, second offense is another civil penalty, and then you get to, or excuse me, another, uh, it's a $500 fine, but class three misdemeanor. Then you get to jailable offenses at a third or subsequent offense. Uh, it's a class two misdemeanor if it's more than 10 plants. It starts to be a felony if it's more than 50, more than 100, and so on. So there's clear punishments for having more than four plants in the code section in a, uh, a place of residence. But again, the, the issue here is, let's say you're doing a search warrant on a house, or let's say you're lawfully inside a house, and you see uh, four plants, and only four plants, but they're not labeled, and they're clearly accessible to somebody, to people who are under 21 years of age. Uh, what's the punishment for that? Or what's the sanction for that? And, 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 I, and it doesn't appear that there's any in the code, not that I can see at least. There is a code section that will go into effect on January 1 of 2024 that says that if you are cultivating marijuana in violation of the section, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an offense. But that code section doesn't go into effect. It's a felony offense, a class 6 felony. It doesn't go into effect until 2024. So until then, what's the punishment? And the answer is it doesn't appear that there's any punishment. So you couldn't issue somebody a civil summons. You couldn't issue some, you couldn't arrest somebody or charge somebody criminally if they're improperly storing their marijuana plants. Uh, could you charge them with contributing? Yeah, maybe, but if it's a person who's 18 years old or 19 years old, then there's no contributing offense because that person's an adult. They have access. It's not proper access, but it's not access. The other interesting uh, limitation on home cultivation, and this is something to remember, is that it is only an exception that allows for personal use. Because remember uh, that in Virginia, it is unlawful to, buy, to sell, give, or distribute marijuana. It will continue to be unlawful to sell, give, or distribute marijuana or to possess with the intent to sell, to sell, give, or distribute marijuana in the Commonwealth of Virginia until January 1 of 2024 when 18.2248.1 is finally repealed. We have in Virginia a code section that says it's unlawful to manufacture marijuana. But remember that that code section, which is also in 18.2240.1, it's, it's section C, only makes it unlawful, like a felony offense potentially, to uh, manufacture marijuana if you're manufacturing it not for your personal use. Because in Virginia as of today, right, it's not July 1 yet, so we're still under the old system. If I'm manufacturing marijuana for my own personal use in Virginia today, well, what offense is that? And the answer is it's just unlawful possession of marijuana, right? Which in Virginia today is just a is a, is a decriminalized offense. It's a civil offense, right? It's a civil penalty. Uh, it used to be up to 30 days in jail, right, for your offense of possession of marijuana. And now it's just a civil penalty. So... Uh, we've gone from class from 30 days in jail, maximum punishment of 30 days in jail, down to a civil penalty. And then after July 1, growing marijuana for your own personal use uh, will be lawful as long as you're growing up to four plants. And that's interesting, I think, because, again, if I'm growing six plants or eight plants or 10 plants, but those are all for my personal use, uh, that would be lawful, right? Well, it'd be a civil penalty, I guess. That's not true. It wouldn't be lawful. It'd be a civil penalty until July 1. Um, after July 1, then I, but I can't, I can't grow more than four plants for my own personal use. But again, we're talking about personal use. After July 1, if I'm growing three plants, but it's for sale, I'm growing eight plants, it's for sale, if I'm growing 20 or 30 or 50 or 100 plants for sale, I would also still be violating 
the 18.2241 prohibition on manufacturing marijuana, not for my personal use. So those limitations on the amount of plants that I can grow and the punishments for the number of plants that I'm growing uh, are punishments that exist for people who are growing them for their own personal use. The punishment for somebody who's growing plants to sell is still the same on July 2nd as it is today, as it was a year ago, as it was 10 years ago, right? Which is the 18.2248.1 code section. And uh, one of the questions that I think I got from a lot of people was, you know, if I go into a house, if I get a search warrant, or I'm in a house lawfully, and I find a huge amount of marijuana, either I find, you know, again, 40 or 50 pounds of marijuana packaged, or I find large amounts of plants growing, um, if there is this, uh, these code sections that say I can't, you know, that, you know, it's, you can grow marijuana, or you can, you can personally possess up to an unlimited amount of marijuana, how do you deal with somebody who is a drug dealer, right, who's selling and making a lot of money off of selling marijuana if you have these protections? Well, for one thing, remember, there's a presumption in the law that the, the General Assembly put in the law uh, a few years ago that say that you're presumed up to an ounce to be for personal use. But I would say that in general, remember that you know any marijuana case nowadays really is a financial case. I mean, if you're going to make a successful distribution or possession with an industry marijuana case, um, the, the today, a year ago, next year, the lesson has always been the same, which is you have to make a financial case. You have got to be able to demonstrate that this person is making money off of selling marijuana. And um, if you can do that, I think, then you have made your case. If you can't do that, if you're just going on, you know, pure weight alone, um, that's not a particularly strong case. Uh, I think that's a very difficult case to make, unless you have a really overwhelming amount of weight or you have a lot of packaging materials and so on. And really to make any case compelling before a jury, you're going to have to demonstrate uh, this is how much money this person has made and that's, you know, here's how many sales a person has made or the kind of volume of sales that they've made based on the amount of money that they've made. So I always tell people, you know, you got to make a financial case. A drug case nowadays is a financial case uh, and you're really doing yourself a disservice not to make that case. Um, I want to turn now to traffic stops. Traffic stops are a real challenge for people after July 1. And a lot of officers have said, you know, what do I do when I have the odor of marijuana after July 1? And the thing to start with, remember, is that it's not unlawful to possess marijuana as a general matter. So if I encounter somebody who is driving a vehicle and they smell like marijuana, um, that itself is not probable cause of any crime. Now, Taking it from there, though, there are a couple of different offenses to consider, right? Obviously, if they're under 21, they might be possessing marijuana uh, unlawfully, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, maybe they're possessing more than an ounce of marijuana in the car, but unless you have an individual basis to think that they've got more than an ounce, you've seen more than an ounce, or you see evidence that it's more than an ounce, you don't have probable cause that it's more than an ounce. And just because they have marijuana in the car, that's not a basis to search the car to say, well, I want to make sure you don't have more than an ounce, right? Because, uh, you know, that would be the same thing as saying, um, you know, I'm going to stop you because 
you know, even though you have a, a handicap sticker in your car, I want to make sure you really are handicapped and you're not just faking it or something like that, right? Um, you know, certainly theoretically a person could be faking it. Theoretically a person could have more than an ounce of marijuana. That's not a basis to stop a vehicle or to search a vehicle. So you couldn't do that unless you had some specific facts to say, here's why I think they have more than an ounce of marijuana. You could use the new open container code section, right? Uh, there is this new code section uh, 4.1-1107, which says that you can't consume marijuana while driving. And if you find somebody who's got an open container of marijuana and part of it has been consumed uh, and their speech, movement, behavior, or something like that is consistent with their consumption of marijuana, then you can get a presumption that they've actually consumed marijuana while driving or while in the car. It's a class four misdemeanor, so it's not a lot, but it's something. Uh, that code section specifically says you cannot use the odor as a basis to conclude that they have consumed marijuana while in the car. Um, so odor is not a permissible basis in that one code section, 1107. The other code sections, and again, impaired driving, I think, is really the real issue here. We're worried about people who are driving while impaired. And uh, the other code sections, like impaired driving or like, you know, possessing more than an ounce or possession by a person under 21, they let you use odor. And I think a lot of people say, oh, I can't use odor anymore. Well, that's not true. You can use odor. It just has to be odor and some other fact. You, you cannot solely act based upon odor. You have to have odor plus. Odor is probable cause under the Fourth Amendment, and it will continue to be probable cause under the Fourth Amendment. But the Virginia Code says you got to have odor plus. So if I'm doing a stop uh, and I'm concerned about someone's impaired driving, think about, you know, an impaired driving stop. You'll have their odor of the marijuana, but you usually have some kind of driving behavior as well that indicates to that to you that they are uh, intoxicated, or you maybe have speech or movement or reaction time or statements that they make that indicate to you that they're impaired drivers. We're definitely going to have to do a better job in Virginia after July 1 of identifying drivers who are impaired because of marijuana or other narcotics. Uh, we don't do a great job of drug recognition, uh, impaired driving drug recognition in Virginia, and we really need to uh, hit the ground running on training up our officers on what's called DRE, drug, drug recognition expertise. DMV is taking the lead on that, uh, and I encourage you to get yourself DRE certified if you can. But uh, again, I doubt that in most cases you're just acting on odor in marijuana. And that's a little different than alcohol, uh, you know, which we're, there's a lot of people who say, oh, we're just treating marijuana like alcohol, but we're not. I mean, if you stop a vehicle and the person, the driver smells like alcohol, uh, then in that situation, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be like, okay, we're doing a DUI field investigation, period, end of story, right? Um, whereas here, if you stop a driver and they smell like marijuana, you're not going to jump right into a DUI field investigation. You need some other facts, some other indications. And that's where, again, I think drug recognition expertise comes in. What are the other things that will tell you? Or what are the statements the person makes that might tell you? Or what do you see in the car? Marijuana shake, marijuana smoking devices, and so on that tell you this person has been using marijuana. So some different things to think about here. Um, 
some people have asked me about the possession under 21 code sections. And again, if you have a driver who's under 21, they can't lawfully possess marijuana um, in a public place. They can't lawfully possess marijuana on their person. They can't lawfully possess marijuana at all. And it's sort of interesting. There's there's these two code sections that address uh, that address this. There's um, there's uh, 46. Excuse me, 46. There's um, 40, uh, 4.1.1105, which talks about somebody possessing marijuana who is under 21. That doesn't go into effect until 2024. Then there's a 4.1.1105.1, and that also makes it unlawful. It's almost exactly the same code section. Uh, unlawful for a person under 21 to possess or attempt to possess marijuana. And that's true in public, it's true in a house, it's true in a car, it's true everywhere. Now, a person under 21 cannot possess marijuana. That code section goes into effect July 1 uh, of 2021, so in a couple of weeks. And it it goes out of effect. It's, it, it, it expires on January 1 of 2024 when 4.1.1105 takes effect. So we have this sort of staggered rollout where 1105.1 is the code section until 2024, and then in 2024, 11.05 takes effect, which is weird. It's just, a, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, so a person under 21 just cannot possess marijuana. Now, again, if you encounter somebody who's under 21, though, can you stop them if they smell like marijuana? No, because the code says you cannot act simply based on the odor of marijuana. It's probable cause in the Fourth Amendment, but you cannot act under it. Uh, but if you have them, if you can see that they're holding a smoking device or a hand-rolled cigarette, or they've got statements or movements or something like that that indicates they're intoxicated, then yeah, you could act. You have to have odor plus. You have to have probable cause plus uh, in order to stop somebody or search somebody who's under 21. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is I want you to go forward and think about what's going to happen as we start to seal and expunge these convictions. Uh, the code anticipates that in 2025, we're going to launch this system whereby marijuana convictions begin to be sealed and previous marijuana convictions from the old system begin to be expunged. And this is going to be part of an overall uh, system that will go into effect around 2025 where all misdemeanor offenses will be sealed after seven years. All felony offenses will be eligible to be sealed after 10 years. You could go in and seal a, uh, as well convictions for larceny offenses like embezzlement. You can go into a court and ask for those to be sealed as well. And you know there are exceptions in the code for hiring law enforcement officers. There's lots of exceptions in the code for, you know, doing investigations, doing background investigations, doing criminal investigations, and so on. There's lots and lots of exceptions. But as a general matter, these things are sealed. And, you know, one of the things to consider is if I'm using a system like links, what happens when those records get sealed? What happens when those records get expunged? How do I get access to them? We don't really know what that's going to look like. Uh, we're still waiting to see what the state police system is going to look like. And uh, no one has seen that yet. And if you're a common user of Lynx, then I think you should be considering too what's going to happen to Lynx, how are you going to adapt to that, and so on, uh, if these records start to be sealed, not just really of marijuana, but you know, of embezzlement, felony offenses, or any class five or six felony. Uh, assault on a police officer, for example, might have to be sealed. And what does that mean for you if you use Lynx a lot in a traffic stop? Would you have to use some other system? We don't know, but you should be you know, thinking about this and interfacing with state police and interfacing with one another to try to figure out how you're going going to navigate those new systems. So that just sort of goes in the remains to be seen code section.
I hope today was useful for you. Um, it wasn't, you know, like a new case or a new law thing. It was sort of a frequently asked questions thing. So I'm interested to know if that's useful, if you like that kind of approach, if you learned something today. Uh, if you like the podcast, tell your friends. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. If you have another app you want to be on, let me know, and I'll try to get on that app. Uh, if you don't like the podcast, don't tell your friends. But that's what I got for you today. That's all from me. That's all from Big E. So to all you out there, stay safe and don't get captured.